This is On the Block with Stricken Nate. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. And hokey homer turned Husker, Nathan Brennan. Everyone knows that I'm the smartest person here. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Nate. to all of you. We're going to mix things up a little bit today on the block. You're listening to 93.7 The Ticket. My name is Nate Brennan. Uh, we got a Husker Hall of Famer in here, but we're not talking about basketball. We're not talking about an NBA vet. We got Jay Foreman, nine-year NFL vet, Husker Hall of Famer. Austin's also joining us today. We're going to have a fun show. We got a packed show, lots of things to talk about, and we want to hear from you guys too. 402-464-5685, Honda Blinken Hotline, Sutter Heyman Text Line. Let us know. What you got in mind today? You can also check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. That's Sarah Heyman Jewelers video stream. As always, we are brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul, 27th and Pine Lake. If you're getting an early start to your weekend, well, you might as well head over to Mary Ellen's. Treat yourself. Get some chicken wings. Get some catfish. Get some yams. I don't know. What's your favorite, Jay? What are you feeling? Uh, greens and uh, yams and ribs. There you go. Get ribs, yams, catfish and greens. Is good. You call it. You call it the Jay. Call it the J. Yeah, so we, need have, yeah we need to have a little thing get over the J. Get the J. You can get the Strick. I think Strick usually gets the brisket, maybe. I don't know what he gets. He gets the Probably. yams every time. I yeah. know he always likes the yams. But, again, 27th of Pine Lake is the spot for Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. Again, 402-464-5685. Honda Blinken Hotline, Starham Text Line. What's going on, guys? How we doing? Austin, you doing well? Great. Living the life. Yeah. Starting to filter in with the crew. Jay, how's it going? How we doing? It's all good. Yeah, all good. A little cold. <laughs> it is cold in here. I don't know what that's about. We're going to yeah. talk to Mark about that. Whatever. Besides that, it's all good. All good. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty nice day out today too, and I think the next couple of days it's supposed to uh, get a little bit warmer as well. So it'll be nice here in Lincoln, Nebraska. I want to start off the show, guys. I know we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Uh, I kind of wanted to give it some time to process because, to be honest with you, I was a little bit frustrated after the game against Michigan State, and I was like, all right, well, that's okay. We're gonna uh, just kind of let it simmer a little bit. Um, I know you talked about it a little bit w- with Strick yesterday too, Jay, but I, I wanted to ask both you guys just kind of your thoughts. Uh, we've we've let it kind of simmer a little bit. We can maybe take a step back and look at the situation. I think probably the best way to look at it would be similar situation to Indiana. You win a big game, you drop one. The only thing that's concerning, and, and I'll ask you about this, Jay, is that I think if that come that becomes a trend for Nebraska – it, it then becomes a slippery slope. And when you look at the Fred Hoiberg era, literally it's defined off of slippery slopes. You, you lose right. a few games and then it just starts to snowball. And then there's nowhere to go after that. Yeah, a little bit. The thing that's concerning is, uh, I think, just dealing with success, you know. And, you know, you look at the two big, big, biggest wins this year. Creighton and Iowa in the game after one, at the game right after it. They're, all, they're, they're both on the road. Right. <clears throat> Not only do they lose by, you know, 15 or plus points. 
they just don't play with the same energy. And so I think this team is still – I think – I don't envision this team going on and, like, losing eight in a row. I think they, they – you know, this is a really good – you know, I think they're a good team. So I think they'll be able to kind of right the ship a little bit, but it's, it's a tremendous opportunity uh, for them to take that next step, right? We, You know, they beat Creighton. You know, Creighton was a preseason Final Four team. You beat Iowa regardless – um, they're a legitimate basketball program. You had yeah. a really good opportunity to go there and play Michigan State to show well, and you didn't sh- show well. The optics was not very good. The first half, they're down, what, like 22 or yeah. something? 39-17 at half. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was 17 rough. points. Is, I mean, come on, that's less than a, a point a minute. I mean, that's pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So you got to get that going, and you got to take – you know, I want to see this team take a different mentality when they go on the road. Now, many, Minnesota um, played well their last game, but they still lost um, – but they showed well. The optics were good, but it's still a, a winnable game, and so Nebraska's going to have to get back to what they did well in uh, majority of the games this year, and that's playing defense, get some runouts, and uh, play with good energy and play team basketball, and they should be uh, fine going up to Minneapolis. Nothing I saw surprised me. That's just what this program is. Right. It, it did what this program yeah. has done for years, which is right. disappointing. We, you, you'd like it to change, but I also don't think that I'm overly concerned. Again, maybe part of that's I'm just used to it, but what's the formula for Nebraska this year? They don't have much to accomplish. Win right. your home games. If you can steal one or two on the road, right. do that. Right. So, yeah, it's disappointing. You'd like to see a better showing. But the issues are exactly what we knew they already were, and it's what this program always has been. We're asking them to take a little step forward in winning the home games. If you steal one on the road, you, right. you got to get Minnesota. They're the only team right now rated worse than you in the conference. Yeah. you got to go win that one. Uh, if you go to Northwestern, you got to find a way to get that one. Right. And then if you can basically hold serve at home, getting Purdue at home would have been huge. Right. No shame in losing that game. But win your home games, get one or two on the road. That's already an improvement from the previous three years. Yeah. So, yeah, the game itself in the, the micro was disappointing. But big picture, I don't think it should change much. Well, th- this is some of my frustration that I have with, with Nebraska basketball is that I think that has become the expectation but what's so annoying, it's like, it's not because lack of facilities. It's not lack right. of fan support. It's right. not lack of money. You you have a state-of-the-art arena that could honestly probably field an NBA team, for crying out loud. You have a, a, a fan base that is going to sell out a Thursday night game against Iowa when you're a 500 basketball team. Like, for example, Oklahoma last night, I don't know if you guys saw the, the crowd for the Oklahoma basketball game. They hosted 11-2 and Iowa State went down to the wire, and there was 5,000 people in the arena. Right. And in mm-hmm. in Oklahoma, for what it's worth, what, five years ago was a Final Four team. Yeah. So it's like I, it's not fan support. It's not money. It's not facilities. It's not coaching. I mean, yeah. you, you, you brought in Hoiberg to fix that problem. Yeah. I don't know what it is with, with Nebraska basketball, and I think that's yeah. probably what's most frustrating. About yeah, I think it's uh, – and, and I think it's basketball and football. The same thing, dealing with mm-hmm. success. What, what, what? Here, you know, I think sometimes around here, especially with these sports. And again, I'm going to say this: I think the basketball team is a, a better basketball team than last year. Last year was probably mm-hmm. more individually ta- <clears throat> talented. I'd agree. This is a better team, so I envision that they're going to bounce back, and I think they're going to give Illinois a run for their money uh, at home. So this is a great opportunity. You can't think about Illinois and what you can do to them until you handle your business in Minnesota. But I think looking at both of the men's sports over the last, even before Fred, 
you know, even say like before Scott and then obviously both during here is that in particular with the football team, that whole three and nine and be the best three and nine team of, uh, ever that they, the kids don't know it, but they viewed that as a success. They walked around like they were nine and three. You're still, you're three and nine. So what that still haven't made a bowl game. So what that does is it really can chip away at your foundation or what you're trying to get across to them as far as what you need to do to get better. Cause they're already thinking like, we're the best three and nine team. If we would have, if we would have, you know, you can always get up at the end. Of, every team can get up at the end of the season and talk about six to ten plays that change your season, right? But if you continue to do that, then that becomes your built-in excuse. That becomes part of your DNA. Do you know what I mean? You think they're focusing on the best instead of the three and nine? No, in that sense, the best three and nine team. Instead right. of focusing on the hey, we're three and nine, right. we're still bad. Yeah. It's the hey, we're the best three and nine. We're a bouncer two away. We don't need to do much to get better. Right. I think you're. You know, really, you're just. You're, you know, you're first. You're the best first place loser. You know, and that's the that's the key. You have to start ramping up the expectations um, in both sports. And I think Fred has done a good job of that this year. You know, he's done a really good job this year. The whole coaching staff, they have. They, they look like a different team. They look like a different <laughs> team. Do. They op- And that's why, we, I mean, just think about two years ago or whenever, or even back like, well, I guess we were pretty good when in basketball when I was there. But just the real lean times in Nebraska, when any of you ever thought that you're going to be on sports radio talking about um, – they haven't lived up to – they didn't play up to expectations that they have set forth in the first half of the season. No way. Never. So that's a good thing. But let's not dwell on that. Let's really get down to why Michigan State was so efficient on offense and why we were so inefficient, especially in the first half on offense. Were we playing too tight? Did we Did we not have our minds right? Did we have too much did – we, did we, you know, not collectively, you know, sacrifice of New Year's Eve or New Year's Day? And then we, and then we weren't ready to go there? Those are things that you got to answer both internally and individually and collectively as a team, and then you try to bounce back with more time off, more time to game plan against a Minnesota team that's fragile, mm-hmm. and but they're looking at Nebraska as Nebraska's looking at them. We can get a win. and uh, yeah. But I think that we need to get back to running the offense through Derek Walker. Um, Vandermill needs to you know be a little bit more consistent. Sam Greasel's kind of you know been really consistent, so you got them three. And then we got to get way more consistent play out of uh, Casey and, and Wilcher. And then you got to, you know, and I think Goggles, uh, you know, I call him Goggles, but um, Bradenbach has done some good things. I think he, as he starts to get his basketball legs back, I think his de- de- or defense um, will be better, you know, as far as being fouled. You know, I mean, so I think he's still, people don't understand, he's still trying to get confidence and playing i mean you gotta think he had a you know pretty you know serious knee injury and so he's out there trying to get back in the basketball shape i think if you, we get blaze back hopefully as he, he he should be back that frees up Derek walker as well you know that takes him to a a, a, a stretch four in a in a driving four against guys that don't have foot speed and if they have the foot speed they don't have the size to deal with them so those are things that really really help because that then opens up more open shots and cleaner shots and more in rhythm shots for CJ, for Bandamel, for Kase. And they got to hit him. It, well, yeah, but it's then, the big you, but yeah, so they're, you know, the pressure to hit him is a little bit gone because Derek Walker really, really will be able to get busy. So it's this inter. I think it's more mental than anything. And we know that, you know, in the football program, and that's part of what, you know, you got a $9 million coach for. And that's what Fred, did. Fred, Fred did a really good job this year, though, to be honest with you. Um, you know, nobody knew what him and Trev talked about, but he went in there and said he had a plan because they both said that's what he did. 
and it looks like right now you have a tangible result of a plan. That's why I think the expectations in the well, yeah, the expectations which you expect to look at, not even wins and losses, is what you're talking about today, because a tangible plan has been was put in effect, it was executed, and then it was I call it double down on when you see it live and in action numerous times. Because that's the thing too is is I, I think. This team can compete with anyone. I mean, you saw it with Purdue. Purdue's right. the number one ranked team in the country. Yeah. And that game plan was about as perfect as you possibly could have played a Purdue team. But then you go to Michigan State. I mean, that, that looked like one of the worst teams in Power Five. I, and it's but they, but just like completely but, flipped. Michigan was, State is not one bad. of the worst teams yeah, in Power Five. No, I'm talking about Nebraska. Oh, Nebraska, like, yes. Nebraska yes. looked like one of the yeah. worst yeah. teams in Power yeah. Five, yeah. which is what we've seen in years past, which is why it's so fresh. So, like, what is this team? Like, what like, – what, what is it? I mean, you'd like to think they're more like the second half team against Michigan State where they won, won the second half by four, right? So that's something that you can really coach on. Right. Um, and then you get, can really, really coach on being down by 22 at halftime. Because you literally just ask them, is Michigan State 22 points better than us? Let's I just hope be. not. They, they aren't. No. <laughs> so now we got to look at to how they get there. You know, I think Derek Walker again was efficient. I mean, he, you know, he's seven thirteen from the field. Couldn't hit free throws. Couldn't, saved I, life. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. But you know, you 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 can you know Derek Walker is going to go back to the lab and yeah. get in the free throws. But the other shooting where you CJ's two for nine, uh, Gary's two for six, Ben Mel's one for six, um, no three pointer. CJ hit one three. You know, that's just where you kind of getting a little bit of you know a little bit of lull there and. Um, so, you know, as, as efficient as they were against Iowa where you had, what, five guys in double figures or maybe even mm -hmm. six, they're inefficient, you know, there. And so we got to find a way offensively where there's runouts, pushing the ball. Jawan Gary in runouts is, 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 is good because he can get it up off the backboard, mm -hmm. get back and get it, get him going. That punches a hole. That's like, those are like gut punches. So as long as he, you know, we can adjust, I think we'll be fine because – I'm sure Fred knows that Bandamel will, will step up. These guys are competitive. CJ will bounce back. So those guys bounce back. And then, uh, you know, the great thing about Juwan Gary, he can make his own make his own meal and uh, go in there and, you know, rebound and get putbacks and stuff. And for what it's worth, too, you keep bringing up the game against Minnesota, Jay. Uh, that's going to be 11 o'clock on Saturday. It'll be played at Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, ESPN's matchup predictor currently gives Nebraska a 56% chance of winning this one. So, I like that, 56. Uh, I, the, the Vegas line isn't out yet, and that's usually what I like to go by because Vegas knows everything for the most part. So I usually, but hasn't come out yet. Big Ten Network, 11 o'clock on Saturday. Nebraska tries to get back on the winning ways. For what it's worth, too, Nebraska still is over. 500 on the season so uh that's something to build off of something to look forward to college football playoff also happening this weekend well i guess monday uh i want to ask jay if tcu can do it why can't nebraska do it we'll talk about that next coming up on the block 93 send the ticket